Company is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. They have incredible giveaways, promotions, and the new Ascend Sportsbook is now open with live sports wagering inside Soren Eagle. And their summer outdoor concert series will feature some of the biggest shows ever in Mount Pleasant. Indoor shows happening. They have the Soren Eagle Water Park and Hotel right across from the casino property. The upscale accommodations at the retreat. Everything you need is at SoaringEagleCasino.com or download the Eagle Access app. Tuesdays are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan on the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show. Heard on 19 stations for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. I know here in downtown Grand Rapids and now just east of downtown GR from our flagship station, 96.1 The Game, ninth floor lookout. Monster storm just rolled through here and it looks god awful uh, east of town. Uh, if you're in the Grand Rapids area, you can stay up to date on uh, weather updates on AM 1300 uh, Wood FM. If you're in the Grand Rapids area, in Holland, you know, WHTC, they're on top of it too, our longtime affiliate. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer inside this hour. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions Insider. His thoughts on their one-on-one start. Also, he'll answer our Bud Light huge question of the day. Have you upgraded or downgraded your forecast for the Lions' regular season win total? I've went up to 10-7 and seven from my preseason 9-7 number. You can join in 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook, you can also opt in on the huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. Anthony Broom, Michigan Insider from the Wolverine.com on the Wolverines in Maryland. Big Ten opener at the Big House on Saturday. We'll get his preview. Tim McCullough, the fun governor for the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Resort? In Resort? He joined us last hour. Make sure you go to SoaringEagleCasino.com. Everything you need for a fabulous getaway. SoaringEagleCasino.com. I opened the show looking at the Lions schedule, and I said, okay, normally you can look at a Lions schedule and mark guaranteed losses, right? I went through the Lions schedule, matching up a little bit with our Bud Light huge question of the day. And there are two games that I'll say 99.9% chance will lose. Buffalo on Thanksgiving and at Green Bay in January. The rest of the schedule was already easy before the season began. And if you start to do the math and you look at injuries with the Cowboys, you look at Carolina, you look at Seattle, you look at the way Minnesota played last night, the Giants. 
Jacksonville, Jets, you know, Chicago twice. I mean, mm. I really think if they can beat Minnesota on Sunday, get a road win inside the division, they're a player for the NFC North title, as long as golf doesn't go down. I really think that. Because you're starting to, like watching Tennessee and Buffalo and Minnesota and the Eagles, you're starting to do the, not comparison on who you played or wins, but athletes. Do you have the athletes to hang? And I think the Lions do. Let's go talk to Jeremy Reisman. He is with Pride of Detroit at Detroit on Lion uh, on Twitter. Uh, he is standing by here on the huge show across Michigan on the Meyer guest sign. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll ask you our question that we've thrown out to the audience on air and on the social networks. Bud Light, huge question of the day. Have you upgraded or downgraded your win total for the Lions from before the season began two games in? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I The temptation is definitely there to, to up it a little bit. I, I think I don't remember if I was at seven or eight wins. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just ran through some of it. Like the, the upcoming schedule does not look particularly daunting. The NFC in general doesn't look particularly daunting. And there's signs of life really everywhere on this Lions team right now, right? The offense is rolling. The defense gave you one really, really good half that makes you wonder how, how many times they can string those together. And, listen, and, and yeah, I think this week against Minnesota is such a huge litmus test. It's such a huge opportunity because if they, they win that game, I mean, you got Seattle and, and a, a not-so-good-looking Patriots team around the corner, and then you're by, and then you're staring down a potential winning record heading into the bye, and then the Lions get a whole bunch of players back, hopefully from injury after the bye week as well. So I, I guess if I had to, to pick an answer here, I, I might up my win to a, a game or two. Yeah, I went up a game. I said 9-8. and eight. I'm going 10-7. and seven. I'm serious. It's about the schedule. It's about uh, athletes. And like I said, uh, when you line them up against the other team's athletes, uh, I think the Lions really are as athletic as I've seen since maybe old school Barry Sander days for the talent they had on that team with guys like Herman Moore and Benny Blades. Uh, this team two games in, well, what has kind of caught your attention like you didn't see this coming? Um, I, I, I would say in the first game there wasn't much, but like I said, that last game where the defense really turned it on uh, against Washington in that first half was something I was, was not expecting. Um, Particularly, I think the, the run defense was really solid in, in getting Washington into some you know long, third and long situations, and then you saw Aaron Glenn kind of you know let his hair down and, and really let the, the pass rush uh, create a, a lot of havoc. And you know they're, they're sending five, six, seven guys at times. And you know Carson Wentz isn't a particularly good guy with, with a lot of pressure is on him, but really there isn't a lot of quarter. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks in this league that are, and so it's kind of an interesting dynamic where I think this team could actually be a pretty good run defense. Uh, granted, if, if there's a Jalen Hurts on the other side of the field, maybe, maybe not so much, but you take away a mobile quarterback out of the equation, and I think this team might be really good stopping the run, and that leads them into situations where they can pass rush, and they finally have some guys that can go and get to the quarterback, as we saw with Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris, and you know, even a guy like uh, John Kaminsky is playing pretty well when it comes to the pass rush. So it's a formula that, that might end up working, um, we, they just, you know, they have to show it a little bit more consistently because obviously um, some of that fell by the wayside in the second half. 
Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. You can follow him at Detroit Online. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here in the huge show across Michigan. You know, I'm watching Slay last night, and I'm thinking, if the Lions had him on one side to take away a team's best receiver, this team legitimately uh, would be right there at the end, winning the NFC North. They're that. I think they're that close, personally. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think a top-tier corner is is high on this team's list right now. And obviously, they hope that Jeff Okuda can ha- kind of continue this this promising start that he's had. But there, there really isn't an answer opposite him right now. You know, Amani Oruwari has, has played well, but I think he's probably closer to a number two corner than, than a number one corner. And, and then you have just kind of a bunch of reserves that are pretty good as a reserve. So I, I know uh, it, it's maybe a little bit too early to start talking draft or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I definitely think... An outside corner is something that they'll prioritize at some point in, in the very near future when, when it gets time to adding more, uh, more talent to this team. Jeremy, uh, along the way with your award-winning work, have you ever understood how Slay ended up being shipped out of Detroit? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty – pretty well documented at this point that him and Patricia just didn't get along at all. You know, Patricia did something that, that offended Darius very early in, in Patricia's reign and the, the relationship never really healed from there. I think Darius, you know, found a way to, to find a working relationship with him. But by, by the time, you know, year two, year three or whatever it was when the, the winds weren't coming and, and the locker room was getting more and more upset, he was, he was almost certainly one of the more vocal ones that, that was not happy with, with what was happening. And then, you know, the, the Quandre Diggs trade goes down as well, and that, that upsets him further. And It's just, it was not a, a, a good mesh of, of personalities between him and Patricia, which turned out to probably be more of a Patricia issue than a Darius Slay issue, considering the guy is a captain in Philly right now. Um, but yeah, it, it, it'll probably go down as, as one of the bigger missteps of that, that era, which had plenty of missteps in it. And Patricia's doing such a bang-up job uh, in year two for Mac Jones and the Patriots, isn't he? Right. Yeah, exactly. I've I've had some Patriots fans reach out to to me saying, hey, can you guys take him back, please? Yeah, they're, uh, you know, you're you're looking at Belichick, I get, you know, buddies, friends, whatever. Lord knows what he sees in Matt Patricia. And, And Matt's basically coached almost every position somewhere in New England. So uh, that game looks more appealing for a Lions win. It really does. I, the Lions schedule going through it, I guarantee losses. And again, Thanksgiving Day, they always post. But uh, Buffalo at home at Green Bay in January to wrap up the regular season. Uh, it's looking pretty good right now. Hey, w- w- what concerns you hey, that may not be there uh, in – the visual aspect, either at the game, watching it on TV, uh, looking at you know video cuts afterwards. Uh, what, what's missing right now? You think that could hurt them as early as Sunday? Well, I, I think I think what's really going to challenge this team, especially defensively, is a good quarterback. And, and Jalen Hurts kind of proved that a little bit, although he was kind of a unique challenge. Um, I, I think a quarterback that, that can handle pressure, um, that can make quick reads uh, against, again, uh, a line secondary, like you said, it's missing a top-tier cornerback. I think a lot of that secondary still remains to be tested. I, I think the nickel situation is not ideal. I think Tracy Walker is playing really well, but I'm not sure about Deshaun Elliott at, at the other safety position. So I, I think, you know, they, they faced some good wide receivers thus far, but I don't think they've faced, I mean, especially this past week, I don't think Carson Wentz 
is kind of that top tier level of quarterback. So when Aaron Rodgers comes to town, how are they going to look? When, when Josh Allen comes to town, when you know two is coming off a pretty darn good game, so that Dolphins game might not be quite as easy as, as you thought it was. Um, and so I, I think I'm still questioning the defense when it comes to a team that's just going to. Cause I, like I said, I think they're going to defend the run pretty well this season. But when they get to a, a team that's like, we don't care about the run game. We're going to throw it 30, 40 times and, and see if you can stop us there. I don't know if the Lions can. And so uh, that's kind of what I'm still trying to figure out with, uh, with this Lions team this year. Are they contenders in the NFC North? Or are you waiting to see what happens Sunday in Minnesota? <laughs> oh, man. I, I think at this point I, you have to kind of just assume that the Packers are, are heavy favorites here. Um, I, I think I think the Lions are, are definitely a contender for the second spot in the NFC North. Um, and listen, if they win in Minnesota, then then yeah, I think I think it's start it's time to start having those kind of conversations. Um, I do think the NFC in general is not very good, which means I absolutely do think they're contenders for a wild card spot. I think that is that is wide open. It, I, you look at the NFC and, and try to name seven teams better than them. I don't know if you can do it. Um, so. You know, I think I'm setting my bar there right now. If they win in Minnesota, then maybe we'll start talking NFC North. Jeremy Reisman, you can follow him at Detroit on L-I-O-N on Twitter. Pride of Detroit Lions NFL Insider checking in on the Meyer Guest on Jeremy, always appreciate your time. Have a great Tuesday night. Hey, appreciate you having me again. All right. Uh, some news coming out of Detroit. Scott Harris has been introduced as the new Tigers team president. Uh, that went down here within the last hour. I'm looking at some of his bio notes. He was the general manager of the San Francisco Giants, a team that has won three World Series titles in the last decade, led baseball with 107 wins last season, and generally performs at a consistent level. So, and I'm reading the story here from uh, the Free Press, which is interesting. From Derek Hutchinson, why did he want to leave the Giants? Scott Harris, the Tigers' new team president, he didn't say he would hire a general manager as well. When the opportunity came, I was immediately interested in it. Harris said I was interested in what they were are building here. I was interested in the players they have here. I was interested in the staff that they have here. When I got to Detroit, when I started walking around with Chris and seeing All that Detroit has to offer, it just felt different for me than any other opportunity that I had in the past. The combination of an exceptionally passionate fan base, tremendous resources in the division, a head start on some of the things that they're building under the hood that were so inspiring to me, and tremendous ownership and business side support. Illich said the Tigers approached the process as a recruitment as much as as an interview. So there you go. Uh, hey, didn't I say get somebody from a winner? They went outside the organization. I applaud that. But Chris Illich, I really do. The Scott Harris hire is a strong one for the Tigers, and he will hire his own GM. And he's been a GM. That is a fantastic hire by your Detroit Tigers. Welcome Scott Harris to the English D. And the roar in Detroit. Our Bud Light huge question of the day. Have you upgraded or downgraded your season total win number for the Lions after two games? 1-866-838-4843. 
That's one eight six six eight three eight huge at huge show on Twitter. The huge show on Facebook. You can opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word huge to twenty one thousand. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com, a preview on Michigan and Maryland Saturday at the Big House. He'll join us next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. In the den. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day at SoaringEagleCasino.com. As much as I enjoy Comerica Park, I still miss Tiger Stadium for a lot of reasons. Most of them sentimental, but also the historic events, like three all-star games, including the historic 1971 Classic, pro football games. Remember, Notre Dame played University of Detroit football there. There were concerts and boxing. On this date in 1939, Joe Lewis was beat Bob Pastor in his only career fight at then Briggs Stadium. It was an 11th round knockout and one of his 25 consecutive title defenses, a record at the time for all weight classes. Not sure how many other ballparks can brag about hosting a heavyweight champion knocking out a contender. 14 years later, host an NFL championship game, and then 14 years after that, have six baseball Hall of Famers homer in an all-star game. Pretty cool. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fund raising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Coming right at you. The excitement you've been waiting for. Eagle Casino and Sports. The mobile casino made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Play slots and table games with live dealers at one exciting site. PlayEagle.com. Sign up today and get a match deposit up to $1,500. That's right, up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Go to PlayEagle.com and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, as we originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio. Bud Light, huge question of the day. With the Lions at 1-1 one one after two games, have you upgraded or downgraded your personal regular season win total forecast when it comes to your Detroit Lions? Answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. 
That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Also opted on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE. 21,000. We talk about Maryland at Michigan. Big Ten play gets going. First real game of the season for J.J. Harbaugh and the Wolverine football squad. Anthony Broom for the Wolverine.com. He's standing by in the Meyer guest sign. Welcome back, Anthony. Thank you for having me back. All right. Uh, this is kind of like kicking off a second season after three preseason games or dog games. Uh, your thoughts on Maryland matching up with Michigan Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's finally, I think I've come on here and said this a few times, it's finally like, it's like the dimmer switch where now the opponents, the, the quality of teams that you face over the next really through Saturday through, you know, late October is it gets a little bit more difficult each week. And that's, that's what this team needs. I think they need to be punched in the mouth a little bit. I, I'd like to see how they respond to, um, you know, taking a couple of haymakers because truth be told, that was, when we started to learn what the the makeup of last year's team was. So, you know, Maryland's a group that's going to come out. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa is a very good quarterback. They run an air raid passing attack, sort of like what uh, Colorado State ran in the opener. So they at least have some familiarity with the scheme that they'll be seeing. Um, but obviously the talent's much better. And, you know, they have they have checked every single box so far in terms of what they needed to do in the first three weeks. It's been thoroughly dominant. Um, now it's it's about applying what you learn to the games that, that matter the most, the games in conference. So uh, that's that's where we're at. Uh, your breakdown of J.J. McCarthy, and again, because it's against two inferior teams in Hawaii and UConn, it's tough to read. I, I'm really curious uh, for – it's like a second start to the season – on Saturday, uh, you know, the first time into Big Ten play as a starter for J.J. McCarthy. I know it's Maryland. I think they can score. We'll see if the Michigan defense is as stout as Morris said from UConn. But uh, J.J. and Big Ten play where the games matter. Now, that's really a, a big curiosity factor from my viewpoint. Yeah, it's, and he's, like I said, like the team. He has passed every single test so far. He's taken care of the football. Uh, you know, he's he's been efficient. He's been calm. He's been poised. Now, like I said, it, it does it does feel like you know this is the a, a pretty historically light non conference slate to where, like I said, they played eight quarterbacks last week. So it, it has felt like an NFL preseason type of type of schedule for Michigan now. It, Saturday does kind of feel like the the true opener of the year. Um, you know, Big Ten play, you take a loss in any of those games, and, and you're talking about not going to Indy or having to win out. And I think they'll win on Saturday. They'll take care of their business. I, Maryland's a team that just doesn't uh, – a program that just does not win big games. But it's that first measuring stick. It's your first shot to see how you stack up against a team that at least athletically uh, matches up are better than your first few opponents did. I mean, they recruit in a similar area on the East Coast, so uh, obviously Michigan routinely finishes higher than a school like Maryland. But, um, you know, there are finally guys on that other sideline to where, you know, they could probably play a bit at Michigan and, and be factors on that team. So it's going to be, you know, I, I'm, I am fascinated. Uh, I think that the makeup of this team will – 
probably allow them to keep kind of moving forward through these these next couple of games and be fairly dominant. Um, but they will face some adversity. And now it's, you know, Iowa next week won't be easy. Uh, Indiana the week after is going to be a game that, uh, you know, the Hoosiers give them problems. And they're a physical football team. And then you got Penn State coming into town. So, like I said, the dimmer switch, it just keeps kind of trend. You know, now it's going to just keep – a little more difficult and everyone's going to have a little bit more on their plate and we'll see what they're made of. I will tell you that uh, Penn State's a surprise team in the Big Ten right now. That'll be interesting at the big house, but it begins with Maryland. If you had your three-game MVP for Michigan on offense and defense, who would be those two players? I think right now for for Michigan, it's it's the, offensively, I think it's the obvious one. I think J.J. McCarthy has has answered just about all the questions to this point. Again, adjusted for opponent. I get that, but uh, he has looked the part. I mean, their offense looks completely different with him on the field, just in terms of how multiple you can be in your looks uh, defensively. I mean, there's there have been so many guys that have flashed, but Junior Colson to me, has been the most consistent. He's been the most dominant. I mean, he's the team's most sure tackler. And I think he's someone that you're still going to see have some layers unlocked to his game in terms of, you know, dropping him back into coverage or having him rush the passer. Uh, I think that guy can do it all, and I think that he is, he's probably going to be, if, you know, if we're taking stock of things now or buying stock in players, I think by the end of the season he will be their, their, their best defensive player. So those would be the two guys, two sophomores too. That's the other thing is that they're already two of your most important players on the team, and you're going to have them here all of this year, at least all of next year. Uh, given that, you know, even if they do pan out and become superstars, they'll still have to play another year before they'd be able to go pro, um, and maybe even longer than that. So that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, that those two guys are going to be stalwarts in Ann Arbor, and I'm excited to see how they both develop. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show uh, across Michigan. Mora was talking about the head coach of UConn that – this is one of the best teams he's ever faced and talked about the speed of their defense. And we saw what the defense did last year in leading Michigan to wins over Ohio state. Iowa in the big 10 title game into the college football playoff final four, even though they were waxed by Georgia. That's another curiosity factor. How, you know, and Maryland's been able to score against some dog teams. SMU's okay. How good is this defense? I think it has the potential to be a more complete defense than it was last year. Uh, I want to see more. You know, the, the thing about Michigan last year was that they did what they did, and, and Aiden Hutchinson and, and David Ojabo and Hassan Haskins, all those guys got the majority of the credit, and which they deserve. But it was a team that won up front on both sides of the ball last year in a lot of those big games. And, um, you know, there is a bit of a concern, at least on my end, in terms of I don't think the offensive line has been – super dominant uh, against in games against UConn and Hawaii. And, and that's a concern to me. Um, you know, defensively, I think that the tackles are, are improved up front. I think that they have a lot, they still have a lot of edge rushers that they're trying to find out who maybe their best two, three, four guys are. They got a lot of guys still getting playing time there. Um, but I think the back end of their, their secondary, I think is, has been tremendous. I think their linebackers, which was one of my bigger questions coming into the year, still have some questions about depth, but uh, we talked about Junior Colson. They've they've been great. Uh, I, I think that this can be a complete defense that, um, you know, if they don't have the star power that they had last year, I think that they are multiple enough 
in their scheme uh, with what they like to do under Jesse Minter and what they did under Mike McDonald last year to where they can, you know, if they have any deficiencies, I think they'll be able to scheme around it. But you got to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, after having seven sacks in that first game, been kind of quiet the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'd like to see them crank that up a little bit more, but I have no doubts that they will. I mean, this is a, this is a, a program and a university that just cranks out edge rusher talent. And I think that someone will emerge probably in the next couple of weeks. Also, uh, it's been a quiet non-conference portion of the schedule for Harbaugh outside of having to make the call of J.J. over Cade, not a lot of drama, just going about his business week to week. Yeah, no drama at all. I mean, the, the quarterback thing, I think that he, um, you know, it sucks that Cade McNamara is hurt now because now you're just a J.J. snap away from him being hurt, and all of a sudden your quarterback's Davis Warren or Alan Bowman, which are talented guys, but it's just, it, it's there's just no doubt there's a step down in on the depth chart with that. So, uh, but I think that he played that quarterback battle about as good as one could. Um, you know, he gave Cade McNamara the first shot to go out and kind of stake his claim to the job, and he didn't. J.J. took advantage of his opportunity, and uh, there's no looking back now. So if the other guy hadn't sort of seized his moment, then maybe it would have been – there might have been a little more uh, – a little more controversy involved, but I think for the most part, some, you know, he handled a decision that could have, um, I don't want to say backfired, but could have really kind of impacted the chemistry of this team moving forward. And it does speak to the culture that has kind of been reestablished there that there's, it was no skin off anyone on that team's back. They think they could win with both guys. And um, I think that that is the case too. So, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, I think he's done a tremendous job. Uh, over the last you know 18 months, whatever it's been since he had to renegotiate his contract, but uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. This is a big, big stretch coming up for them. October, you, you might not have learned much about this team in September, but by the time we hit Halloween, you're going to know if this team's for real or not. Anthony Broom is for real. You can follow everything University of Michigan athletics, especially football at the Wolverine.com. Uh, when you look at the Big Ten, and I know there have been some early uh, conference games, but uh, man, that West looks like it's Minnesota's for the taking. Uh, I mentioned Penn State as the surprise team in the Big Ten. Michigan State will find out how they fare against Minnesota on Saturday. Uh, when you look at the Big Ten as we head into full conference play, uh, what are some of your observations? Yeah, right now I think out West it is definitely, it looks like Minnesota and everyone else, though they haven't really played anyone either. Uh, but we know that for as for his lackluster as that conference has looked, or that, that side of the conference has looked this year, all it takes is, is one loss or someone to get hot for it to be turned completely on its head. I mean, I think we can safely say Nebraska's probably out there, uh, but um, you know, everyone else is, all it takes is just one win. Uh, one win in the head-to-head, and, and all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat to go to Indy. In the East, I mean, to me, it still is. It's it's Ohio State. It's Michigan. I do think Penn State. I'll, I'll hesitate to call them a surprise team. I mean, they've, I, I you know, over the last couple of years under James Franklin, they're they were eleven and eleven coming into the season. But you know, non-conference play hasn't typically been an issue for them. Uh, it's when they get to games against Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, Michigan, where they kind of sort of recede back into the pack. But, um, you know, they're going to come to Ann Arbor on 
October 15th. That's a huge game. You know, that's just one of those measuring stick games to determine where you're at in the pecking order. But right now, I mean, I think, I, I think that Michigan has been the most impressive team in the conference, but you have to put the asterisk next to it of you essentially played three high school teams. Um, Ohio State, again, uh, that Notre Dame win doesn't look as, as sexy as maybe it did in week one, but um, that's a team that has been impressive the last couple of weeks. So it's, it's, I, I don't, it's a little early to just call it a two-horse race, but Michigan and Ohio State, I think, have been the two teams I'm most impressed with so far. And that's what everybody thought going into the season. Can't wait for Big Ten opener Saturday, Maryland at Michigan inside the big house. You can follow Michigan football 24-7 at thewolverine.com. Anthony Broom, thank you so much. Of course, thank you. Anthony Broom joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Bud Light, huge question of the day with the Lions at 1-1, one one, two games in. Have you upgraded or downgraded your forecast for regular season wins? I've bumped up to 10-7 and seven now for the Lions. You can drop your comments, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. Remember, if you miss any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcast are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The HUGE Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen and share on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. And also get your pro football picks in each and every week. $1,500 in cash from Bean Garter could be yours. Get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer-A-Friend program. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just sign in in your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Excludes Michigan disassociation. Persons. Are you ready to hit the open road? You know, get out of Dodge. Meet us at the Detroit Camper Show. Vickers Trailer Sales specializes in towables. New and used pop-ups, retro-style campers, travel trailers, and fifth wheels. Browse inventory online at VickersTrailerSales.com. That's V-I-C-A-R-S TrailerSales.com. Call or text 313-291-9000. For over 53 years, Vickers makes happy campers. No big box store pressure, just mom and pop deals. Campers starting at $89.99. Or payments as low as $128 a month with 10% down and credit approval. Call or text 313 313- 
291-9000. Your adventure awaits at Vickers Trailer Sales. Keith Urban, the Speed of Now World Tour. The must-see show of 2022. September 22nd, Van Andel Arena with Tyler Hubbard. And special guest, Ingrid Andrus. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Keith Urban, the Speed of Now World Tour. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's go check in with Graham Couch, opinion maker with the Lansing State Journal, also co-host Couch in the Rube podcast, available wherever you download podcasts. He made the trip out west. He's joining us to talk about State and that god-awful first half. Second half, they righted the ship, and I don't know if that was junkyard, junk time, or uh, legit, but regardless, it was not an impressive performance by a ranked team against Washington and Seattle, and the Kios, where do they go from here, and Graham, what are your feelings post-loss at Wisconsin, or at Washington, excuse me, uh, on where this team is going? It's a good question because, um, you know, I think the Washington game was a game that we thought was going to answer a lot of questions. Well, it didn't answer many of them in a positive light. So, you know, what does that mean going forward? Are these, I mean, it looks like the secondary is a real issue, and it looks like the offensive line is not um, answering the questions in the way people people hoped. Uh, there were some concerns there and, and uh, certainly warranted, I think, now. And so, you know, on the flip side, you're probably not going to face a lot of uh, situations quite like what you get with Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer's offense, um, just because it, it, going back to the 2019 game when Michigan State played Indiana and in Spartan Stadium, they, they, even then that duo countered everything. MSU did so well. It's, it's, but you are going to face JJ McCarthy. You are going to face CJ Stroud. You are going to face teams, veteran quarterbacks, and and um, and and ultimately, you just can't look that lost and and that out of answers. And, and that I think that was what troubled people. Is it wasn't so much um, just that they were. I mean, this is this wasn't Ohio State. They looked overmatched, and they looked like they didn't have an answer to anything that was happening in the game other than the, the, the passing game, which got going a little in the second half. So what, what does it mean going forward? I think it means this week is really, really interesting. How do they bounce back? What do they look like against a, a quality Minnesota team? Yeah, Minnesota loses their top receiver, uh, Auden. So, you know, P.J. Fleck. Yep. Yeah, well, hey, and, and they're going to already petition for a seventh year. I love that. Yeah. I, I petitioned for seven years at the University of Oklahoma. They said eight was enough, Bill. Uh, you you can't go backwards. I'm like, uh, can I get a ninth year? No, we're, you're done. <laughs> Move on. Uh, you know, I, I look at Tucker and I see his resume, and I commented about this on the huge show Twitter page watching the game. You know, DB's is his forte if you look at DB's and recruiting, which he's done a great job recruiting. But based on how they bounce back, you know, you're looking possibly at back-to-back years, and I know injuries played a part, but you're looking at possibly the worst passing defense in college football, and at what point does Mel take control of that, right? Yeah, and, and what I think 
was concerning too for for MSU was that, that pass rush which was so good against you know Akron and Western Michigan was was non-existent either. Uh, and you got to help them out, and they they did a better job of that last year. I think they they had some timely timely sacks, but there's no question that um, you know. And I, I I thought they'd increase their depth and their talent a little on the back end, and and, and I still do believe they did, and I think that's why it was it was so. Um, alarming. Now that you know they they have injuries, I think missing Xavier Henderson is is a bit of a problem back there. Um, but that's part of the game. Everybody, you know, you, you've got to recruit a certain depth where your next guy is is capable. And um, it it's you know there's a lot of kind of calls for blood with Scotty Hazelton right now, and I'm I'm curious to see where this staff um, you know is there a reaction there? Mel Tucker said there wasn't schematic, there wasn't issues there. Um, but what they're doing isn't working. There's a way too much space, and you can play bend but don't break if you're really worried about certain things. But you can't bend and break, you know, and that's what they're doing right now. And so, uh, and what's also interesting is sort of the dynamic that's happening right now. Michigan State hasn't had anything go wrong uh, since you know the Purdue game last year, or Ohio State game rather, which was after the Purdue game. You know, since then it's been the snow win at Penn State. It's been a bowl win. It's been recruiting success. It's been a new contract for Tucker. It's been a lot of love. You know, all this, all this hype, and and right now they're experiencing a little bit of uh, the price of getting paid, so to speak. I mean, the expectations that come with that. And I think what's interesting about that is while people have a sense that yes, you know, we're the. the the level you're trying to rise to, the Ohio State level, um, is still two, three years away. It's recruiting classes that have to come in. When you're paying, making $95 million and there are members of your staff making double what their counterpart under D'Antonio made, people have expectations of competence, which I think is fair, and, and that did not look like a competent football team last week. So that's an interesting dynamic that, that, that's also taking place. Well, you look at a trip to Washington, which is never easy for any team. Minnesota, arguably fourth best team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, this Saturday uh, at Spartan Stadium at 3.30. Then at Maryland, which is never easy on teams. Then Ohio State in East Lansing. Uh, then Wisconsin in East Lansing. Then the bye week and at Michigan. I mean, that is a gauntlet right now. And you talk about how this team responds to adversity, how everything has been like a Spartan championship celebration uh, under Tucker outside of what? You know, at Purdue, uh, at Ohio State, and probably at Washington, three games, the 2-0 and mark against Michigan. But, man, look at that. Minnesota at Maryland, Ohio State in East Lansing, Wisconsin in East Lansing, and at Michigan. And, then, and you're not even to November yet. Yeah, I mean, that's why this week's so big. Because if, if you beat a team that right now, and, and again, Minnesota hasn't played anybody yet, but they've looked good in not playing anybody. And to be fair, Michigan State, if they had just not played anybody last week, might have still looked good. The narrative's different, right? So you have to wait and see. But, yeah, I think it's a decent Minnesota team, a team that has a chance in the West. And if you go out and you win that game and you look okay, I think it quells a lot because you're 1-0 in the Big Ten. It's a bad trip out West. But you responded well, and now the schedule, even though it's it's daunting, seems like well you you got a little bit of a leg up. But if you lose that game and you're zero and one, and it feels like the wheels are coming off a little bit, and Maryland's not a gimme; they usually crash and burn at some point. But it's not always this early in the season, 
and then you got Ohio State, then you got Wisconsin, and, and again, it, a lot of these games are uh, not Ohio State, but a lot of the games coming up are games that could go either way. And if it feels like they're going to go the wrong way, I mean, this could could quickly become a um, a season that that's, that's that's forgettable. And then you wonder if there's lingering effects on that, like. If you, if you lose momentum and steam, does it affect recruiting? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a an important week uh, and an important response. Well, the woodshed's going to need to be rocking because uh, three of the next four are in East Lansing, and man, that's a attractive season ticket holder or student season ticket holder schedule. Minnesota, PJ Fleck, then the Buckeyes, and then Wisconsin, and then at Michigan on October 29th. Graham Couch. Winner of five straight Lansing State Journal Grammy Awards as the best <laughs> columnist. <laughs> he just gives he gives awards to himself. I, I find it self-serving. I really do hate people who are about nicknames and self-serving. By the way, Graham, thanks for stopping by the huge show. Appreciate it, my man, okay? Anytime. Look forward to it. All right. He didn't get my little, like, self-serving nicknames huge show. But he's a good man, Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast and also opinion maker with the Lansing State Journal. Big. Bad. Huge.